Welcome to It's All Relatives Read Aloud Book Club. I'm Carol Matthews Nicoli with Laura Matthews. Two generations discussing a book we both love about yet another generation of the 1950s. The book is Double Date by Rosamund Dujardin, the first of four in the Penny and Pam series. In alternating episodes, we're recording reading a chapter out loud and then discussing it. So welcome to chapter 14. We left off right after Penny's very successful New Year's party where she had had all her, her buddies over and they had a great time, but also she had had prior to that, that, that little conversation with Mike at the soda shop where she gave him some advice. So now we'll see what happens after that advice. In chapter 14, Penny learns the hard way. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Lying late abed the next morning, Pam and Penny discussed their respective New Year's Eves in detail. The dance had been wonderful, according to Pam. She proceeded to tell Penny all about it. There had been only one flaw. Honestly, Pam leaned her chin on her palm, the better to see Penny in the bed next to hers. You can't imagine how Paul Gerard hung around Mother. Randy's father danced with her, of course. So did several other friends at the Kirkpatricks. But Paul, well, he couldn't seem to get her away from them fast enough. Penny, I'm worried. He acted as if he's seriously interested. I wish Mother didn't have to spend so much time at Randy's house. I mean, I think it'll only add fuel to the fire. If she's doing over their house, Penny objected, I don't see how she can stay away. Anyway, Pam, it's her own business. I mean, if she and Randy's uncle should fall in love, don't just sit there and act as if it's inevitable, Pam interrupted. We certainly have a right to do what we can. I don't see why, Penny argued. Anyway, they're probably just friends. It may never amount to anything more than that. You, Pam informed her, didn't see them last night. The way they looked into each other's eyes, the way they danced, as if they were enjoying it so thoroughly. <laughs> Mother, what? Mother hasn't had a chance to dance and have fun for a long while, Penny pointed out. Most likely, she'd have enjoyed herself whoever she went with. And that gorgeous white orchid corsage she brought her. Pam broke off suddenly to send a look of inquiry Penny's way. That reminds me, I noticed you had a corsage in the refridge last night when I put mother's and mine away. Who from? <laughs> Mike, Pam repeated in obvious astonishment. Then she asked, how come he's throwing his money around so freely? <laughs> I guess he's had a little more to throw around since he works at McKee's, Penny suggested. Maybe I should help him spend it. Pam leaned back on her pillows and stretched luxuriously. It was Penny's turn to lean up on one elbow, the better to look at Pam. She asked, will you tell me something? I might, Pam said. Who do you really like best? Penny pressed. Randy or Mike or Joe or do I have to like someone best? Pam broke in smiling. They're all so nice. I thought maybe you had a preference, Penny's tone was a shade wistful. You go out most often with Randy. Have you been keeping records, Pam teased? Her eyes narrowed just a little. Why this sudden concern over my love life? You needn't worry. I can handle it. Penny had no doubt that she could. Once the holidays were past, 
It was only a hop, skip, and a jump until the twins' birthday on the 20th of January. But during those weeks, just before she was 17, something quite wonderful happened to Penny. The first time Mike phoned and asked to speak with her, not Pam, Penny could scarcely believe her ears. Then she thought he must just be calling about some crier business. But no, it developed that he wanted her to go with him to the drama club play the following Friday. He was asking her, Penny, for a date. As soon as she could manage sufficient breath for speaking, Penny said she'd love to go. After their conversation was over, she hung up and drifted into the bedroom, her feet scarcely seeming to touch the floor. The pale winter sunshine streamed in the window. I'm sorry. The pale winter sunshine streaming in the window was much brighter than it had been a few minutes before. The checked gingham drapes seemed more vivid. Grant's voice, lustily singing along with the kitchen radio, sounded much more melodious than usual. When Pam came in a little later, she found Penny lying face upward across her bed, smiling beatifically at the ceiling. For cry eye, <laughs> Pam said in surprise. <laughs> what are you so happy about? Gradually, Penny's shining gaze focused on her twin's face. Oh, she said, it's you. I didn't hear you come in. <laughs> Pam chuckled. That I can believe you were a million miles away. What on earth were you dreaming about? Penny said, her smile warm and confident, I wasn't dreaming. Something nice just happened. She proceeded to tell Pam about it. When she had finished, Pam's expression had altered from initial astonishment to studied indifference. That's swell, she said rather flatly. Pam, tell me, did Mike ask you first? Penny had to know. It was vitally important. She braced herself for her sister's answer by reflecting that it was better to be second choice than not to be asked to go out with Mike at all. Oh. I know. But Pam shook her head in the negative. No, he didn't. Not that I could have gone with him if he had. Joe Henderson asked me a week ago. We're double dating with Lori McGregor and Randy. We're double dating with Maggie and Bob, Penny confided. Happiness was a warm glow within her. She hadn't been second choice after all. <laughs> Penny couldn't have enjoyed the play more if it had been the newest Broadway hit. Sitting next to Mike in the high school auditorium, laughing at and applauding the far from professional efforts of the cast, she had a wonderful time. So apparently did Mike. Afterwards, <laughs> with Maggie and Bob, they wedged themselves into a crowded hangout for Maltids. Over in a corner booth, Penny caught a glimpse of Pam in the midst of her super smooth crowd. But as the twins waved at each other, Penny felt no slightest twinge of envy. Funny, she thought, how her viewpoint had changed in a few short months. No longer did she feel insecure and self-conscious. And it was surprising how many friends she had made since she had struck out for herself and stopped drifting along in her sister's wake. Her popularity would never be equal to Pam's, nor be as effortless. Penny had to work harder to make people notice and like her, but certainly the result was worth the effort. Tonight, as she stood with Mike and Maggie and Bob in the crowd around the hangout fountain, ever so many people stopped to speak to her as they passed by. Maybe they weren't so sophisticated as Pam's friends, but Penny liked them the better for that. She felt more at ease with them. And feeling Mike's shoulder press against hers as someone squeezed past him, Penny felt a glow of complete contentment. After that night was over, Penny was half afraid to count on another date with Mike. 
He had said he enjoyed himself, that they must do something again soon. Still, she was doubtful. But her doubts proved unfounded. Mike took her out several more times during the weeks that followed. They went ice skating and to the movies. Often after they had been working on the crier, Mike would suggest stopping at the hangout on their way home from school for a Coke or a malted. Penny was so happy it scared her a little. This was better than her dreams because this was real. This wonderful, gradually wiped. Sorry. Penny was so happy it scared her a little. This was better than her dreams because this was real. This wonderful, gradually ripening friendship with Mike. No longer did she have to imagine how it would be to indulge in long discussions with him on every subject under the sun. They talked about books and poetry, school questions, life in general. Mike wanted to get into newspaper work later on. He told Penny quite a bit about his aims and ambitions. And Penny listened, interested, flattered by Mike's confidence. It didn't even seem odd to her that Mike so seldom spoke of Pam. Or at least it didn't strike her as odd until later. Pam, on the other hand, quite often spoke of Mike to Penny. She couldn't, she admitted, see what Penny found so fascinating about him. Honestly, she said, the way you hang on his slightest word is silly. What's so wonderful about Mike Bradley? Randy's much better looking. That, Penny said, is a matter of opinion. I think Mike's better looking. Pam shrugged. You shouldn't be so obvious about it, though. It's a mistake to let a man realize you think he's so terrific. It goes to his head. Penny said confidently, Mike's not like that. You needn't talk as though I don't know what Mike's like. Pam's tone carried a note of exasperation. I've gone out with him, too. I know, Penny said. You probably know him as well or better than I do. But we're good friends, Mike and I. And when two people are friends, well, it just seems as if they understand each other. Pam sighed, an annoyed sigh. (laughs) Penny thought, if she didn't have more dates than she can keep up with, I'd almost think she was jealous. But that's silly. Later, looking back, it was easy for Penny to see different signposts that should have caught her attention sooner had she not been so blinded by her admiration for Mike. The way he never spoke of Pam and seemed anxious to hurry on to some other subject when Penny brought her sister's name into the conversation the way he was particularly attentive to Penny whenever Pam happened to be around, the way he always seemed to want to go to the hangout where Pam was especially likely to see him and Penny together. But Penny, happily blind and blindly happy, didn't notice. She did notice that Pam went out of her way to be nice to Mike at school or whenever they encountered each other accidentally. She did notice that Pam went out of her way to be nice to Mike at school, or whenever they encountered each other accidentally. Pam would turn on the full blast of her charm, smiling up at Mike provocatively, using all the little winning devices at which she was so adept. And Penny's heart would quiver within her, and she would hope hard that Mike could hold out against Pam's wiles, that their friendship was stronger than the former attraction Pam had held for him. Uh And then, I know, and then... There came a night when Pam went to the movies with Joe Henderson and Mike dropped over to see Penny. Mother was playing Bridge of the Kirkpatricks and Grand went to bed fairly early to read a detective story. When Pam and Joe got home, they found Penny and Mike sprawled comfortably on the floor in front of the record player, a big big bowl of popcorn between them, listening raptly to Litzt, 
Honestly, Pam exclaims, stepping over them in disdain and sitting on the couch. You two long hairs. Joe flopped down comfortably beside her. He grinned at Mike, asking, you can get away with an evening like this? Pam's more expensive to entertain, I can tell you. Yes, Mike said. I know. He was looking directly at Pam as he said it. Pam didn't say anything. She simply sat there looking at Mike. That's right, Joe chuckled. You switched twins in midstream, didn't you? The silly words, the rich, sweet music in the background scarcely touched Penny's consciousness. She was aware only of the way Mike and Pam were looking deep into each other's eyes, each unwilling or unable to withdraw his gaze, their gaze. Watching them, it seemed as though a heavy hand closed around Penny's heart. Something in that look passing between Pam and Mike was too revealing. Penny couldn't ignore it or pretend it wasn't happening, much as she would have liked to. Why, she thought, the old spark of Mike's interest in Pam hadn't died. She had simply persuaded herself that this was the case because she wanted so desperately to believe it. But Mike was just as crazy about Pam as ever. His look revealed that clearly. Penny told herself, it should be plain enough even to a dope like you. You were even the one who told him how to get her interested again. Play hard to get, you told him. Don't let her see she's got you where she wants you. So Mike had followed her advice. He had even gone farther and pretended to be interested in someone else. It had started on New Year's Eve when he brought this someone else a corsage. You Yay. fell for it. I know. You fell for Good it. Hook, dad. line, sinker. <laughs> Ouch. Pain. <laughs> you fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker, Penny reminded herself. Every time he asked you for a date, you were only too eager to accept you believed he really liked you because that is what you wanted to believe. And because you were friends, it didn't occur to you that Mike would use you as a decoy. But it's really Pam he wants. It's always been Pam. God. The bitter hurt within Penny swelled and grew until it seemed that her body wasn't big enough to contain it. She was vaguely aware of voices carrying on some kind of conversation. She even took part in it to some extent. But she held one of the records she had taken from its album so tightly that it snapped under the pressure. Hey, Mike said, grinning at her. Don't you know your own strength? He picked up the pieces of the record and Penny took them from him and dropped them into the wastebasket. It wasn't a very good one, she said. <laughs> and then the voices went on her own among them. And eventually the hateful evening was over. Lying in bed in the dark long after Pam had fallen asleep, Penny kept her arms locked tight across her chest to hold the hurt in. She wouldn't go out with Mike again. She wouldn't continue being merely a means by which he could win Pam back. Let Pam have him if she wanted him. She was welcome. But hot tears squeezed themselves from under Penny's lashes, and she thought despairingly, Oh, Mike. Mike, how could you treat me this way when I thought we were friends? How could you hurt me so? It wasn't like Mike to be inconsiderate or cruel. His feeling for Pam must simply have blinded him to the effect of his scheme on Penny. Or maybe he had thought she realized what he was doing from the start. But she hadn't. She had taken his pretended interest for the real thing. And now, God. lying there in the sheltering dark, 
Penny knew that tonight had ended even her friendship with Mike, for there were some things friendship couldn't survive, and a lack of honesty was one of them. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> harsh, harsh, <laughs> harsh reality. Okay, stick around for our discussion of this plot thickeny chapter. Yes. 